So this morning in our worship, I wanted to share with you uh, one of the telling passages uh, from the Gospel of John. <clears throat> in the ninth chapter of the Gospel of John, uh, Jesus was in, engaged in a dialogue, debate, dispute uh, with the Pharisees um, about a man that he had healed who had been blind from birth. And the Pharisees thought that this person uh, was blind from birth because of some sin that his parents had committed. That's how they thought the world worked in those days. They thought illness was a product of sin or, or punishment. We know today that that's not true. Um, if you're sick, it's not because you're a bad person. It's because you have something wrong, a bacteria or an the case of what we're so concerned with these days, the virus, or we've fallen and hurt ourselves, whatever. But there's a big dispute between Jesus and the Pharisees over the nature of life and love um, and forgiveness and who's in and who's out, who's included and who's excluded. And so in the Gospel of uh, John in the 10th chapter, he tells a story about a sheepfold. A sheepfold is a like a corral. It's a place where the sheep would go and to sleep at night so they wouldn't get lost or be eaten by wild animals or even worse, uh, to be stolen by other people trying to capture your sheep. And about a gate that's in the walls around uh, that sheepfold and the shepherd um, who leads them. So from the Gospel of John uh, in the 10th chapter, verses one through 10. <clears throat> See this painting behind me here? What is that building? Well, that's First Church in Fairfield. And a very dear friend from our church painted that. It's actually the study that she did, done by Vivian Dickinson in 1994. And if you go into the Elliott Library someday, you'll see the finished uh, painting hanging over the, um, over the fireplace there reminds us that even though we are separated from others, even though we're not in the building, uh, we are the people of God, wherever we are. So from the Gospel of John in the 10th chapter. Very truly, I tell you, anyone who does not enter the sheepfold by the gate, but climbs in by another way, is a thief or a bandit. Now he begins this passage by saying, very truly. The Aramaic word that Jesus said is amen, amen. We say amen all the time. Sometimes after we sing a hymn, after a prayer, right, we say amen. Or if we hear something we really like, we say amen, which means I agree, very truly. That's it. I get it. Keep going. Right? Amen means very, very truly. This is the right thing. And Jesus very often says this in the Gospel of John. Uh, he says that uh, he announces an important uh, topic is coming up. He says, Amen, Amen. Very truly, very truly. It's like, listen up. I tell you, anyone who does not enter the sheepfold made out of a stone wall, and usually they would uh, line the top of the wall with um, branches from a thorn tree um, so people couldn't climb over the wall. 
Anyone who climbs in by another way is a thief or a bandit. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. So there's a gate in the wall and the shepherd comes in through the gate. Then another person shows up. The gatekeeper opens the gate for the shepherd and the shepherd hear the voice, the sheep hear the voice of the shepherd. So the gatekeeper opens the gate and the sheep hear the shepherd's voice. The shepherd calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Imagine this, a shepherd who knows the names of each sheep. Pretty cool. And when he has brought out all of his own, it's as though maybe some of the sheep belong to somebody else. The shepherd calls out his sheep and they, they follow him because they know his voice. Now notice here in this passage, <clears throat> the shepherd is leading the sheep. Very often when we think of shepherds and sheep, we think of the sheep going first, followed by the shepherd. But in this instance, the shepherd speaking leads the sheep. I don't know if I told you about the time when I was living in Scotland, uh, when I was in college, I went to the University of Edinburgh for a year. And there's a beautiful pack um, there. And uh, in the middle of the pack are all these sheep. It's around the Holyrood Palace. And in the middle of uh, the Holyrood Palace pack, there's an Athos seat. It's a big uh, hill. Used to be a mountain. It's a volcanic remnant. And at the top of Athos seat, there's a beautiful view of the city. So one day I was walking across the pack and going up, we're gonna climb up the mountain. And all these sheep are out there in the pack in the middle of the city, it's really quite unusual. And so as I'm walking across the pack, I started going, bah, bah, just seeing what the sheep would do. Well, the sheep, I guess, weren't that smart because they started coming to me and they started following me. And every time I said, bah, more sheep would come. And by the time you know it, I've got, I don't know, 100, 200 sheep all around me, and I can't even move. And I said, well, I guess I'm not much of a shepherd. Well, this shepherd of the story, however, is I did eventually escape, obviously. I'm here today, so they didn't keep me forever. But don't make that sound if you don't want the shepherd following, the sheep following you. Okay, so the shepherd goes out, and he calls the sheep by their name, and they hear him, and they follow. They will not follow a stranger but they will run from the stranger because they do not know the voice of strangers. Jesus used this figure of speech with him, with them, but they did not understand what he was saying. This is a curious thing. So often in the gospels, uh, Jesus speaks in parables or in stories, not so much that people will understand, but sometimes almost that they'll be left wondering. It doesn't give them a clear-cut answer, but by not giving them a clear-cut answer, he encourages them to seek a meaning for themselves, like, our, like us today. So again, Jesus said to them, very truly, amen, amen, very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. Now the Gospel of John is uh, full of these kinds of phrases, ego amen is the Greek, I am, ego eimi. It's an echo from the book of Exodus, of course, where 
Moses, who was out in the desert, tending his uh, father-in-law's sheep. He was a shepherd. Okay, This is a very common image for God in the Bible, Old and New Testament. Moses was out tending his father-in-law's sheep, and he saw a bush that was burning. And he stood still long enough to recognize that the bush wasn't consumed by the fire. And so finally, from the burning bush came a voice. It said to Moses, take off your shoes because the land, the land on which you're standing is sacred ground. And Moses asked, who are you? And the voice said, well, I am the God of your father, your grandfather, your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Sarah, and Rachel, and Rebecca. And then Moses said, but what is your name? And God said, I am who I am. I am being itself. I am the ground of being in Paul Tillich's phrase. I am beingness itself. And then in the Gospel of John, Jesus says, I am. It's an echo of that voice from the burning bush. I am who I am. I am the bread of life, he said. I am life itself. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the living water. And here, sounds strange to our ears, I am the gate. I am the gate for the sheep. All who come came before me are thieves and bandits, but the sheep did not listen to them because I am the gate. Whoever enters by me will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy, but I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. This is one of the great tensions that exists within um, the life of faith, any community of faith. Um, if there's a group and it has an identity, um, what does that say about people who are not part of the group, who they're outside? Every group, by definition, has boundaries. So who's in the boundaries and who's outside the boundaries? And what's the relationship between those in and those who are out? Jesus here is talking about a gate himself as being a gate that swings both ways. An identity being known by the shepherd, the shepherd who's also the gate, who swings and welcomes. The gospel that produced, the, the community that produced the gospel of John was uh, deeply confused or seeking a uh, clarity of answer in its own time. The end of the first century, Christianity, which really didn't exist as a separate religion in any meaningful sense at that point, was a sectarian movement within Judaism. And finally, by the end of the first century, 30 to 40 years after Jesus' death, um, the, the question within the synagogue, well, who's in and who's out? Are these people who say that Jesus is the Messiah, the Lord, um, are they really belong to the synagogue? Or the Christians who were calling on Jesus' name were asking themselves, do we really belong in the synagogue? And so there was a separation that was beginning. And the Gospel of John reflects that. It's a question of uh, were you kicked out or did you leave on your own? And this is a clear uh, sense that the gospel community that produced this gospel 
the community of the beloved disciple in the immortal words of Raymond Brown, that the beloved community said, we weren't kicked out of the synagogue. We left of our own volition, but not in order to punish, but in order to go away that they felt was true uh, to what Jesus was calling them to be. So Jesus is the good shepherd, but Jesus is also the gate because there is a way of being. And the way of being, true to the gospel, according to John's depiction of Jesus, is the one who lives in the manner of Jesus. He will say, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I did not come to leave you desolate. I came to be with you. Yet a little while in the world will see me no more, but you will see me because I live, you will live also. I came that they would have life, life abundant. God's desire expressed by Jesus is that we will enter through that gate and carry ourselves and live our lives in such a way that we will invite others into a community that's not exclusive, but that is inclusive that the gate swings both ways so that discovering ourselves as the beloved children of God, we may truly enter into that trusting relationship, living in the conscious awareness of God's love. This is what it is to be saved. It's not saved from something, saved from hell. Salvation is about the reality that's transformed in your life here and now that the gate is the invitation to enter into the fullness of the conscious awareness of your identity as a beloved child of God. Salvation is the invitation to enter the full consciousness, awareness of yourself as the product, the object rather, the object of God's desire. God wants nothing more than to live in a loving, conscious relationship with you, for you to be aware of that fact, that God is reaching out to you in love in this moment, in every moment of your lives. And so we can swing open the gate of our lives and let that love of God sweep in and transform ourselves allow our consciousness to be raised and our hearts to be opened and our lives to be warmed and our vision to be expanded for our destiny, which is secure in God, to be realized. Amen.